There was confusion in the classroom. We were studying Buddhism as part of a course on world religions, quite a steep hill to climb in itself, having one course for the world's religions. But in this particular circumstance, students were confused about what is sometimes called enlightenment or awakening. In some cases, it seemed like it was something that happened suddenly. In a moment of deep understanding or clear perception of a profound reality. And then he was enlightened. In other cases, it seemed like it was something that developed as a product of patient and persistent practice over many years, decades, or even an entire lifetime. Is it sudden or gradual, we cried out to the instructor, unfairly expecting him to have a definitive answer. Well, he said, as if considering the question for the first time, and then his smile began to grow as he said, both? We all groaned, feeling that he was only sidestepping what seemed to be a serious debate. And we wanted a clear answer. He said, okay, think about this, as our groans died down. When you woke up this morning, was it sudden or gradual? One might describe it as sudden as there was a moment when you were still asleep and the next moment you were awakened from your slumber and yet one could probably describe it as gradual, too, as there is that process that takes place over time that we refer to as waking up. Moving out of a prone position and rising from bed, carrying out all the tasks that help us wake us up. Washing faces, brushing teeth, drinking water or coffee or juice, it is sudden and it is gradual. This didn't fully satisfy the members of the class. We were expecting a winning position in the great debate, but most of all of us had to acknowledge the practical reality of the example that was offered. However we do it, there's little doubt that awakening is an important concept in world religions. One of my favorite stories of the Buddha involves a man who heard his teachings and witnessed his influence on those around him. And he became curious as to the source of the Buddha's power. Are you a god, he asked him. No, I am not a god, replied the Buddha. Are you a healer? No, I am not a healer. The Buddha replied, are you a magician of some sort, a wizard perhaps? No, I am not a magician or a wizard. You are simply a great teacher then, said the man. No, replied the Buddha, I am not a great teacher. By this time, the man is angered by the Buddha's seeming obstinance and he cries out in frustration, well, what are you then? The Buddha replied, I am awake. I am awake. Now that story, I found, has been revised and adapted many times in many ways since its original appearance in the Dona Sutta. 
Finding so many different forms of it, I admit that I took some liberties with it myself. But the one thing that never changes, the kernel of the story without which it would be meaningless, is the Buddha's answer to the question, what are you? I am awake. And it is a theme that occurs and recurs in religions and ethical teachings and spiritual endeavors of every kind. Humanist Sam Harris came out with a book not too long ago called Waking Up, A Guide to Meditation Without Religion or something like that. There is a notion that we are asleep or at least not fully aware and we are encouraged to wake up. Awake, my soul, reads Psalms 57, verses 8 to 9. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn, I will give thanks. Keep alert, Jesus tells his disciples, keep awake. And then to stress the point, he repeats in the very same conversation in the gospel, according to Mark, what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Along with the well-known Watchtower magazine, the Jehovah's Witnesses publish another magazine entitled simply Awake with an exclamation point. Most prominent, perhaps, in Eastern religions, but common to all, the very idea of enlightenment holds the notion that we can wake up to what is real, what is true. My eyes were opened. Suddenly I realized, I experienced an awakening. Wake up, everybody. Now, presumably... This is meant to be enticing. Wake up, see what's around you, engage with the world, enter your life. What a wonderful world. But there is something to be said for sleep, right? <laughs> Waking up each day is not always a gloriously profound experience. Many of us wake up to alarms. Think of that. We wake up by using devices that sound alarms. Here are a few definitions of the word alarm from the U.S. online edition of the Cambridge Dictionary. Alarm, noun, sudden anxiety and fear, especially that something very bad or dangerous might happen. A warning signal such as a loud noise or flashing light that gets your immediate attention or a device that produces such a signal. Alarm, verb, to feel or cause sudden anxiety and fear. Is it any wonder then that waking up may not rank as one of our favorite things to do? That it may not be an event we look forward to with anticipation? that it may indeed be experienced simply as an interruption of our dreams and an all-too-abrupt end to our rest and restoration. And this idea of waking up to alarms carries over metaphorically into how we come to understand some of the harsh realities of this world in which we live. We are waking up once again to the cruelty, brutality, and devastation of war and the very real threat 
of nuclear war. We are waking up to the fact that a democracy is a tenuous and fragile experiment and that it can be threatened most effectively by the very people who have sworn to uphold it. We are waking up to the fact that many leaders and decision makers are ready to trade the very future of the planet for a few more decades of enormous financial gain. We are waking up to the fact that no, we do not live in a post-racial society, but in a society still plagued by the ravages of racism and white supremacy while denying the truth of our own history and the clear evidence of currently lived realities. We are waking up to the fact that no number or intensity of horrific events will lead to serious efforts for gun safety and that tragedies do not always bring people together. We are waking up to the very, to the fact, we are waking up to the fact that the very idea of waking up to these realities is so threatening to some that South Carolina Representative Tim Scott could say that woke supremacy is as bad as white supremacy. We need to take that seriously, he said. Do we? We are waking up to a whole series of alarms causing, indeed, anxiety and fear, especially that something very bad or dangerous might happen. And I wonder if this call to awaken that we hear from many different religions and ethical traditions, if it can help us here. For just as we often don't jump out of bed with a smile and kiss our alarm clocks or phones when they are blaring, whatever noise we have decided is most apt to wake us, these wake-up calls are not always welcomed as real opportunities to awaken. Quite the contrary. We are apt to flail our arms to turn it off or hit the snooze or throw a pillow over the offending noise, not because we are ready to rise and shine, but because we would much rather roll over and snore. The alarm, the wake-up call, raises anxiety such that we just want that anxious feeling to stop in the quickest way possible. We want the world, the real world, to go away. And who can blame us? In the case of those wake-up calls I mentioned, who wants to wake up to a grim reality? When the Buddha said, I am awake, or in a translation of the Sutta, remember me as awakened. I am awake. Was he happy about it? Now, granted, he went through a lot to reach that state, but did he ever think, you know, being asleep was maybe not so bad. Where do I find the impetus to awaken when it feels like I am jarred awake by one alarm, one wake-up call after another? When the reality to which I awaken, whether on a personal, societal, or global level, holds despair and term turmoil? When the prospect of being awake feels more tiring than inspiring. 
Why do the great religious teachers and philosophers and poets and artists and scientists and activists and ethicists urge me to awaken to what is real as if it were a gift? Do they truly believe that happiness lies there? Don't they know how awesome my dreams can be? How rested I can feel when I turn my attention away from the problems of the world? Don't they know what a struggle it can be to wake up? My guess is they do. My guess is that Buddha knew sorrow even more intimately upon awakening than he did when he was sleeping in the prince's palace. My guess is that King David knew even while he was praising his God in the morning that the day ahead may very well hold strife and sorrow. My guess is that Jesus knew that he was inviting his disciples not into lives of comfort and security, but into lives of commitment and danger. My guess is that poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge did not forget the ravages of depression and addiction in his life, even while he was bringing beauty to the page. The invitation to wake up, everybody, is made not because you will awaken to a life free of suffering and challenge, but because along with that comes so much more. Great nature has another thing to do to you and me, so take the lively air and lovely learn by going where to go. So writes poet Theodore Rethke. Listen to the wind singing in your veins. Feel the love, the longing, the fear in your bones. Open your heart to who you are right now. Not who you would like to be, not the saint you are striving to become, but the being right here before you, inside you, around you. All of you is holy. To embrace such an awakening is not to turn away from the world as it is, but to perceive more deeply the world as it is, to connect with that which not only challenges us to act, but restores us in who and what we are. It is to connect us to that which gives us the impetus to awaken, which gives us the motivation to repair what we have broken, which allows us to greet one day and the next and to engage with whatever lies ahead, to learn by going where we have to go. Wake up, everybody, not only with the alarms that call us to anxious action, but with the more profound awakening that happens gradually and all at once, that cannot even be expressed in theoretical propositions or plans of action, but can only be felt in music and poetry and song and love. Of those so close beside me, which are you? God bless the ground. I shall walk softly there and learn by going where I have to go. What if 
we could awaken to the love which holds us all, which makes itself known to us in sometimes frustratingly small circles, yet which ripples along the interdependent web of all existence in ways that we cannot even imagine. We cannot even imagine. Or can we? What if you slept, and what if in your sleep you dreamed, and what if in your dream you went to heaven and there plucked a strange and beautiful flower, and what if when you awoke you had that flower in your hand? What then? 